Welcome to the Weekend Booktopian, our podcast where a few Booktopians get together to chat book news and the books that we are reading and enjoying. I'm Nick Wasilli of Booktopia's senior content producer, and I'm joined today by our head of merchandise, Joe Lewin. Hello, Joe. Hey, Nick. How are you going? Very good, thank you. And over the interwaves, our head of trade product, Joel Nayum. Hello, Joel. Hi, everyone. And for our final guest, we're very, very fortunate to be welcoming a very special guest with us also over the airwaves. Currently, as at the time of recording, we are in the middle of the Emerging Writers' Festival. And we are de- delighted to be joined by Veronica Heritage Go. Veronica is a Kunai woman and the author of Black and Blue, which is published by Scribe Publications. Among her achievements, achievements include being a recipient for, of the Wheeler Centre Hot Desk Fellowship for 2020 and a recipient of the inaugural First Nations Writers Residency for the Australian Council for the Arts in 2021. And she will be featured in a creative non-fiction masterclass on June 22nd as part of the Emerging Writers Festival. And she joins us now. Veronica, good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you. It is absolutely great to have you here. Um, But as with all episodes, we'll dive off by kicking into the world of book news, then discussing the books that we have been reading and enjoying And then be sure to stick around when my guests go head-to-head in a battle for book supremacy that we like to call Book Fight. So, as mentioned, uh, we are recording this during the Emerging Writers' Festival, which is running until June 26th. Ronnie, you were part of the opening night, um, and it is great to see you featured uh, throughout the festival. Um, In your opinion, how important is this festival for up-and-coming writers, poets and essayists? Oh, it's really important. So this is my second year involved with the Emerging Writers School um, and being like, looked after and supported by um, Rudy and Millie and Zoe and um, it's the second year it's gone on um, online as well, um, mm. which is quite unique. But it, you know, it's made it work and it's really important and I'm so grateful to be a part of the Emerging Writers Festival. How, yeah, yeah. How, how important is it, especially for First Nations authors? Because I know that one of the great uh, pillars of the festival has been that it's about getting those other stories out there, those other messages out there. For you personally, how valuable is that? It's really valuable. Um, so we're the, like, like being Aboriginal, we're the oldest living storytellers in the world and, mm. and we've got stories to tell and it's important that... um. Aboriginal people and First Nation mob all over are, are supported and involved in all um, writing festivals and and emerging writers festivals. So it's you know I feel really honoured to be among among those people. So yeah, it's good. Mm, exactly. Yeah, it is. And in terms of the actual festival itself, I know that you know you've you've been involved with it. This is your second year, as you mentioned. Um, this lineup of fest of events that are, that have coming up that have already happened as well, but also coming up look really really exciting. Are there any particular events that you personally, not just you know being involved with the festival, but someone who will actually are you excited for any upcoming particular events in the festival? Um, I've look, I've just been away on a writer's residency and been flat out because um, I've also been awarded the first stage. Um, as part of the Emerging Writers Festival. Um, so I'll have my first stage play with um, the Melbourne Theatre Company. Uh, so I'll just I've just come back to that. So I really haven't had a chance to 
the the program per se. But um, look, like the Emerging Rose Festival, they have a main people on board, and you know, and I'm excited, and I'll I'll get into I'll tune into as many events as I can. Mm, exactly, and I, and particularly one of the events that I really want to ask you about is this. A, uh, event that you have coming up on June 22nd, the Creative Fiction Masterclass that you will uh, be a part of. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, well, I wasn't even sure it was a masterclass and what what that involves. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's a whole day. Yeah, thought, wow, what, what is a masterclass? I had to Google it. But, um, yeah, so it's, I guess it's um, in relation to my one debut life. Writers, so it's um, people that have written recently written their own books and mine being a memoir so we get to speak to the audience about the writing process um the publishing process and and just the all the feels that go with it and um the anxiety as well it's a daunting process and it's a long process when you from finishing writing and having you know you hand your baby over to the publishers and (laughs) Yeah, and it's just, it's daunting, but um, yeah, but it's, like my book was 10 years in the making from the moment I wrote to the wow. day, you know, almost 10 years to the day it was published, but um, you know, and I'm, yeah, it's just a weird experience, but um, on that day we'll be speaking more about that and um, it should be good. On that, kind of on that topic, it sounds like it was a very long process for you to get forget to get your book together. And we we do have a lot of uh, readers, but also writers who who like to to listen in. Um, from your perspective, particularly for considering this festival is aimed at at emerging writers, what one piece of advice that might come up in in that masterclass could you give to uh, people who are thinking about writing some sort of book but haven't started yet? Yeah, so what I say, and I think I've, I've written it in the last chapter of my book, but everyone mm. has a story, and if we only listen long enough, we can hear their stories. But um, And everyone's a writer without them even knowing, like they write on social media, shopping lists, et cetera. Um, so you're already a writer. Um, if you've got a story to tell, like, cause, um, you know, the world will probably want to hear it, and um, go for it, and don't, you know, don't back down, and just have power. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's the. It's. It's such a great way to. Uh, such a positive way to think about writing and getting that into that process. And and kind of on that, we because we had uh, Alina Gomez on the podcast last week, one of the the festival ambassadors, and she really she raised this fantastic point where she talked about how writers at the festival this year seem to be more focused on on writing on more charged writing aimed at at combating issues and not necessarily writing in a vacuum that we might have seen in the past. You know, f- from what you've seen, are you kind of seeing that as well? Is it that people are really writing about the issues that are really present at the moment? Yeah, and I think COVID has, has had a lot to do with that. Um, so, you know, whilst people have been the restrictions and also like forced to stay home during the restrictions, they've had ample time to write. And um, I guess, you know, and the emotions with that being... You know, like driven as well, like to write more about issues that are affecting everyone right now. Mm-hmm. I just put, um, so I find it odd. Like I started writing my book ten years ago, and uh, when it was published, it's like topics that I, that I was talking about or I've spoken about within the book. It's still current now, which is you know, like so. If there's you know, like people should write about 
um, things that are important to them as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's I think it's 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 awesome that it's coming out and that that writers are taking these the things that are happening in the world and translating it onto the page, which is really fascinating. Um, so lastly, because I know that we are similar to because of the impacts of, of the recent lockdown in Melbourne, again, as you mentioned, the, the Emerging Writers Festival is completely online again this year. Uh, where can people go to find out more information and get tickets to upcoming events? So I've um, online. Um, if you Google uh, or yeah, uh, yeah, just Google Emerging Writers Festival and all the come up there and yeah, so I have looked at events, but um, yeah, I just haven't stored it in my memory bank because there's not much going on at the moment. But uh, yeah, and you can see online events and there's tickets available, and I suggest everyone, you know, involved and support the um, new riders as well. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a, a really awesome festival, and we can't wait uh, to see uh, the, uh, many of the upcoming and remaining events that will be happening, uh, over the course of the next week or so. So yeah, uh, the, if all of our listeners listening, uh, the festival will be running until June 26th and you'll be able to feature, you'll be able to see Veronica in the creative fiction masterclass on June 22nd. So heading to our second news topic of the week, uh, the Miles Franklin shortlist was actually released earlier this week, which is a prestigious, uh, prestigious Australian award celebrating uh, literature that represents Australian life. So the shortlist is Amnesty by Aravind Adiga, The Rain Heron by Robbie Arnott, At the Edge of the Solid World by Daniel Davis Wood, The Labyrinth by Amanda Laurie, Luckies by Andrew Pippos, the In- and The Inland Sea by Madeline Watts. Um, what do we think of this shortlist? Joe? what do you reckon? Yeah, look, um, I've only read one of the books on this list, which is Lucky's by Andrew Pippos. Um, that was a book that the, the publisher certainly uh, released with much fanfare. You know, Andrew was going to be uh, the next big, big thing, you know, dare I say, the next Trent Dalton. <laughs> um, and it kind of, it got a lot of bookseller love, but didn't, really break through and and hasn't been on a lot of um shortlists and and prizes so far so really interesting to see that one on there um i think a lot of people around our offices are probably disappointed to hear that um the animals in that country by laura jean mckay um didn't make the cut um you know a lot of us really loved that book uh, I thought it was really huge, huge office favourite. They loved it. Absolutely, been talking about it for weeks. Yeah, so you know, hugely uh, timely, um, as they say, cli-fi, but also um, you know, virus-fi. Do they call it vi-fi? <laughs> um, you know, very, very timely. Even though obviously the book was written before COVID, to have a book all about a, a virus. Um, Nadi Simpson's book, The Song of the Crocodile. I haven't read this one yet, but that was another one that yeah. um, a lot of the team were absolutely besotted with and, and are very disappointed that that one hasn't, um, you know, had the cut through from the, from the literary, literary prizes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, a, I guess, it's, to me, it's more about what was left out than, that, than <laughs> yeah. what was kept in. Um, because of the ones that were kept in, I haven't read a lot of them. Sorry, was the rain heron in or out? Rain heron's in. 
Yeah. <laughs> I liked. <laughs> I really, I really, really, really think that Robbie Arnott is a very talented writer, and I absolutely loved his first book. And let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Honest, opi- honest, honest opinion there. Yeah, I don't <laughs> often give them on podcasts. I usually save them for in the <laughs> confines of the office. But you know, um, and and Sophie Laguna uh, has won the miles before, so in- interesting to see her book uh, not yes make it. Yes, indeed. There we go. Joe Lewin talking about the books that are not on the shortlist. <laughs> 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 And you, ha- and you haven't read the ones that I. And the, yeah, that's right. Because all the ones that I've read and the ones I liked aren't on the short list. Yeah, I know. This... <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard to prep when you don't know what's going to be on there. That's right. Um, yeah, it's tough. I, I haven't read any, any of them actually this year, but it's. Uh, it's, it's yeah. It, it, I I tend to agree with what Joe has said. Yeah. In terms of what, what in what was expected. I yeah. Think. And in in news of um, another – sorry, I'm going to steal your thunder here, Nick. But in news of another book um, that I haven't read, uh, Louise Erdick's The Night Watchman uh, has won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction. Yes, that's true. Has anybody read that book? Doesn't sound like it. (laughs) It's certainly certainly going to make its way up to the top of my uh, TBR pile at home. Uh, I'll, I'll be purchasing a copy of that today. Um, well, if, I, if I allow me to pitch it to you, because oh, I had a please. look. Yes, I had a. I have the. Uh, they, Harper, the publisher, prov- provided a wonderful spiel for it, describing it as a majestic polyphonic novel about a community's efforts to halt the proposed displacement and elimination of several Native American tribes in the 1950s, rendered with dexterity and imagination. And Harper, the publisher, described the book as a fictional world populated with memorable characters who are forced to grapple with the worst and best impulses of human nature. See, that sounds great. Yeah. I love books set in the 1950s. I love reading, uh, you know, First Nations stories from all over the world. So, um, you know, it sounds like a really, really fascinating book. And I've got to say the the last sort of four or five years worth of Pulitzer Prize winners have been, uh, have been pretty amazing and it has um, – it's a it's a pretty uh, glittering list uh, between Colson Whitehead and um, Andrew Sean Greer and uh, yeah, so really interested to to not only read this book but see uh, see what happens in terms of um, whether this one captures the imagination in Australia mm. and has that cut through. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, not to ignore also the, the general nonfiction winner of the Pulitzer too, which uh, is Wilmington's <laughs> Lie. Uh, I have I have heard a podcast about this book, but I haven't read it, and I don't think it has local distribution. So we will get stuck in. But yes, yes, we will. Are we, are we seeing? Yes, uh, but it's not something that's what has been widely available in Australia. Um, but it's a, it's about the coup uh, in 1898 in Wilmington. Uh, oh, wow. Where's Wilmington? In, in the United States, you yeah. mean? Okay. <laughs> Is that what you're asking? Like, it's in North Carolina. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that, oh, look, it's it's either way, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to, to check out those books and see what, what all the buzz is about. Um, but for the, uh, going back to the, the Miles Franklin, uh, the, for all of our listeners, the winner 
for that prize uh, will be announced on July 15th and they will be receiving $60,000 in prize money Um, and we'll also be covering that uh, in a future podcast so be sure to keep an eye out for that. That brings us to the end of this uh, new section for this podcast and so we'll dive into the books that we have been reading and enjoying and I'm going to throw to our guest first. Um, Ronnie, I know you have mentioned that you have brought a whole bunch of books with you. Um, What have you been enjoying? over the last uh, couple of weeks. Okay, so I'm, I'm, my genre of reading, I actually love non-fiction. Um, so the first book that I really love, um, it's called A Small Place by Jamaica Kinsey. I'm hoping the surname properly, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a book-length essay drawing on um, experiences growing up in Antigua. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love that book. Um, one of my favorites, up there, my favorite books. A couple of other non-fictions and probably gruesome ones, but My Father, the Murderer, I've just read that in the last week by Nina Young and Jed Sion. That's the oh, mother that's supposed to be good. I've heard good things about that. It is. And, like, I couldn't put that book down. It was amazing. But um, And the one I've just read last week, it's called The Missing Among Us by Erin Stewart. And she's a writer from Canberra, I believe. But, um... Not the fiction that I've been reading is The Boy from the Mesh is Gary Lonesborough's book. And that's so, that's brilliant. And I reckon it should be in all, like, all young adults, young people should read this. Everyone, no matter what age, should read this book. Um, It's an amazing book. And yeah, it's, it's clever, clever writing by Gary, and I actually had the privilege of meeting Gary up at um, the Sydney Writers' Festival. So, um, yeah, so it's an amazing book, and it should be in all libraries, at the, um, especially with um, high schools. Yeah, we, we were lucky, very lucky to have Gary uh, on the podcast, and Sarah, our YA uh, manager of books, uh, YA category manager, has been singing this book's praises like no tomorrow. She says Absolutely. that there is not enough books like this out there and that everyone needs to read it. And I am absolutely delighted to hear that you've been enjoying it as well. Yeah, and I've looked at, um, yes, yeah, some, some people um, written some really good stuff about this book. And, yeah, I'm absolutely loving it, loving it and it's, um, it's a good read. So highly recommended, The Boy from the Mish. Thank you so much, Ronnie. Those are amazing books and um, I highly recommend everyone check all of them out. But I'm now going to throw over to Joel across the airwaves as well. Um, I know that you've been, you mentioned that you were enjoying uh, My Father the Murderer. Um, what what have you been reading as well over the last few weeks? <laughs> I haven't read it. I've just, I haven't read uh, My Father the Murderer. I just I have had it sold into me and <laughs> loved, and loved the sound of it. I mean, it sounds awful, but. <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> uh, so the first book I'm reading is um, the uh, ahead of um, a podcast I'm doing this, this week with the author. So you think you know what's good for you by Dr. Norman Swan, who you may know from the ABC. He does the <laughs> sort of health and fitness stuff and had a lot, a lot to say during COVID. And this book is a sort of more general health diet, which. It's a weird book to read, sort of on its own, just cover to cover, in the way that I'm reading it. In some ways, it's, it's almost like a reference, except he's such a personable writer that actually <laughs> it can be read that way. And it's just, it's very, um, 
refreshing to read, sort of a, a very common sense, uh, trusted voice in health when you have so many people at the moment in the media just talking nonsense about health. <laughs> um, and I, I'm finding it very refreshing and very sort of inspiring to do something for myself to make myself healthier. So that's good. I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, for fun, I am reading a book uh, by Martha Wells called Fugitive Telemetry, which is the latest book in her series, The Murderbot Diaries. Oh. <laughs> yes, and I've heard of these uh, ludicrous <laughs> novels. <laughs> I, honestly, they sound so trashy, but they are not at and all And I've trashy. seen the covers and they look quite trashy also, but you're saying they're not. Sam cannot sing. No, and the, 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 the title just makes it sound like it's just going to be trash sci-fi. But yeah. it's so readable <laughs> and so human. So the, the premise of the book is a, that it's, it's written in first person and the main character is a, um, it's a hu- human body that's hooked up to a bunch of machines to, to a degree that other people consider it to be a robot. And they're used on sort of uh, planets where they have to bring teams down and they don't know whether there are you know, scary aliens down there or whatever to protect them. It's like a security unit. And people just consider it to be a robot. It wears like a big helmet, but it's actually it's actually a person inside. And they're, they're sort of treated like slaves, basically, in this in this world. And um, throughout the story, various things have happened to sort of free free it, and it has hacked its own sort of computing to get its own independence. And all it wants to do is watch soap operas, basically. <laughs> 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 Sam Sam has not it, stopped it, it singing finds, the praises on this book. She has been yeah, like it's wonderful. It finds humans like only just tolerable, basically. <laughs> uh, but it, it is a little bit like reading from the perspective of a very neurodiverse diverse person. But it's extremely humane, right? It's just there's something about it that's just very life affirming and human about uh, something that is so different from a human trying to be human or trying to find a way to be human in, the, in a community. And it's, even though it's weird, it is so wonderful. And uh, I haven't read, this is the first one she's done in, a, I think, about a year or two. So I haven't read one in a while. And I, I just consumed the other. So I think the previous book was I read as it came out, but the other ones I just consumed in one go. So, um yeah, it's, it's been too long. I, lo- I love Murderbot. So if you haven't read the book, then you're at all interested in what I'm saying, I highly recommend it because they've won all of the sci-fi awards and they're wonderful. I feel like when I, uh, when I thought about, hey, what, have you, what has Joel been reading lately? I did not expect you to be uh, loving, to be responding with Murderbot because it's that which I think is absolutely <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love them so much. I can't tell you how much I like them. <laughs> They're um, really good. Yeah. Thank you so much, Joel. I love that. Love those recommendations. And now it's like reminding me, yeah, I need to, I, need, I actually need to add Murderbox to my to be red pile as well. Um, last but certainly not least, I will turn to Joe. Joe, what have you been enjoying the last few weeks? Uh, I've been really spoiled the last few weeks. Uh, it's that time of year where all of the publishers are frantically trying to sell us their biggest books of the year <laughs> and telling us why their books are going to be bigger than any of the other books. 
uh, that other publishers have. And two of those books that are going to be big from a sales point of view, but are also quite big physically as objects, uh, is uh, Jonathan Franzen's Crossroads and uh, Anthony Dewar's Cloud Cuckoo Land. Uh, so they're both coming out later this year. They're going to be massive titles for Christmas. Obviously, um, authors with uh, lots of expectation. Um, and I actually loved both of them. I think I loved, um, I loved Anthony Dewar more than I thought I would. Um, it's super weird and if you think you know what to expect because you've read all the light uh you cannot see you're wrong you don't know what to expect (laughs) because it's uh some of it's set in space which is quite different to a novel about um holocaust era tell me more (laughs) (laughs) so it's um it's Set it, it, it follows a number of different characters in a number of different time periods. Um, and it all sort of centers around um, there's a library and there's a man that works in a library. There's a, there's a book uh, that's in the, I think, the 12th century or something like that, that someone's rescuing a book that's, uh, that's mouldering away in a library. Um, and then there's also uh, a family that are hurtling through space, escaping the earth um, and, you know, on their way to a a colony on another planet. I love it. (laughs) But it's all centred essentially around a book and a story that's being told, um, you know, in different languages and in different time periods and in different formats um, that's supposed to be you know, we're not sure. Is it the is it the meaning of life, or is it just a ridiculous story in the in the um, in the realm of Don Quixote? Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a very very interesting novel. Uh, it took me probably the first three hundred pages to decide whether I thought it was nonsense or amazing. Uh, by the end of the book, I was totally on board. It took a while because I don't you know when things start being on spaceships for me, I'm out. I'm like, I want to hear about characters. I want to hear about story. Um, and sci-fi is totally not my thing. But this this was interesting. It was really interesting. And it all brought it back to um, to the characters and their motivations. Um, the other one that I read, which I think I loved even more, was Jonathan Franzen's Crossroads. I can't believe I'm so shocked. What? <laughs> we, we talk, like, Franzen is such a t- can be such a tough read. I uh, loved it. Books. I've not oh, read. That's really interesting. Yeah, I've actually. I think I gave up on a Franzen once before. I'm not sure, uh, <laughs> but this one I absolutely loved. I thought it had so much heart. Um, the characters were just gorgeous. Um, so this one is all about a family called the Hildebrands. Um, uh, the Mr. Hildebrand is a um, pastor at the local church and um it centers around a um a youth fellowship called crossroads um throughout the book we we move from following the father uh following the mother and following each of the three children as they kind of navigate um 
I guess each of them is is at a crossroads in their own life. I just got that. I just realised that's why it's called that. <laughs> um, other than the fact that the fellowship itself is called Crossroads. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just a fascinating uh, fascinating look at. Um, I guess the persona that people put on in their in their family, and how that sometimes belies their own history, their own real personality and how they see themselves. Um, mm. Absolutely fascinating. Was it funny? Uh, look, at times it's funny, but it's not ha-ha funny. It's not, it's okay. not a humorous novel. It's, it's reasonably earnest, but there are some, some funny moments. Yeah, because he's not usually that earnest either. He's quite like, like how interesting. Well, because I, I was turned off him and just thought I'm not going to read another Jonathan Benson book ever again. No, I really I, think that I you should this give this a try. It, 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 to me, was almost like in the vein of the Dutch House, the Anne Patchett from a couple mm. of years ago, that mm. was once again a really beautiful um, examination of family and you know what people share and what people uh, hide from their families. And um, you know, there's a there's a huge thread through the through the book about um, what it is to be a good person and and how to be moral. Um, and I guess because it's all around um, a family who, to greater or lesser extent, are involved with the church and um, you know questions of whether you believe in God and how you take that um, run through the book. Uh, yeah, look, highly recommended. I think it's going to do really well. Um, mm-hmm. Really fascinating snapshot of the time, being the the early seventies. Um, you just feel like you know these people at the end. And since I finished wish, finished reading the book, I actually miss them all of them, for all of their uh, flaws. I'm sad I don't get to hang out with them anymore. <laughs> well, the good thing is that everyone soon will be able to discover it for themselves when it comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes out uh, I think late September. Yeah. Oh, amazing. That's like got me excited because it's like hey, great. new books coming out soon that you'll be able to read that are actually really amazing. Absolutely. And then uh, sitting very uh, uh, highly anticipated on my TBR pile, I started reading last night my first ever Leanne Moriarty novel. <gasps> oh. I know. I've never done it before. Um, I'm really enjoying it. That's great. I'm only like a few chapters in, but boy, am I hooked. <laughs> Is this beautiful, oh, she's very good at that. beautiful world yeah. where you? That would be Sally Rooney. No, that's wrong. I'm sorry. Let's 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 just cut that bit and pretend that that never happened. Whoops. Uh, this is um, <laughs> Apples Never Fall by Leanne Moriarty. Oh yes, which that's follows, right. Follows um, a tennis family. So I've read a book about a Christian fellowship family, and this is now a book about the tennis family. But uh, where I'm a few chapters in, uh, there's a lot of tennis. There may or may not have been a murder or some kind of crime committed. Um, but we have... Uh, she's, uh, very good. she's very good at writing stories where there may have been a murder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, a, there's a, um, an ageing couple and their four children who have all been brought up uh, in the tennis academy, the Delaney's Tennis Academy, and uh, they all have um, pursued different interests and careers in their lives. Uh, but yes, there are. Uh, there may or may not have been a crime, and I'm just itching to find out. Oh, 
Brilliant. And that one's coming out soon too. So, it so is. many books to look yeah, forward it's to. All, yes, this is all like the um, that, that kind of hot period at the end of September, beginning of October. Um, <laughs> and the other one that I do have on my TBR pile and is going to follow Leanne uh, close and close on her heels is uh, Beautiful World, Where Are You by Sally yes. Rooney. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I had a copy of that for about a hot minute before it was... Yep. Yes, they were hot property. By <laughs> and it's not it's not that Alan and Unwin were, were stingy with the amount of proofs no, that they sent out. Not, they sent a good gone. number of proofs, but they were very hot. Yes. And if you could not commit to, a, to start reading it immediately, <laughs> it just got snaffled. It's 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 our literal mm-hmm. it's our literal commod it's our it's our currency here at, it is. at Booktopia. Yeah. Just who Sally can Rooney get their proofs. hands who can get their hands on the, <laughs> the right Sally Rooney proof. Yes. <laughs> I love this list. That was amazing. Thank you so much, Joe. It's I feel like I don't I it's such a it's such an amazing list of books and I wanna read them all so I can talk about them with other people that I've uh, reading the proofs now, but at the same time, I feel like I'm reading all the very bo- best books of the year in a really short period of time, and then I'm going to have the whole year with nothing as good as that to read. So yeah, you're um, going to have like the mother of all book hangovers. Yeah, yeah totally. And I, it really, I really did feel like um, for the first six months of this year, I've been coming in on Mondays, and and people are like, oh, you know, what are you reading? And I'll tell them, how was it? It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it was good, I guess. And now it's like all the best ones and then what's going to happen? Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll deal with that when we get to it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm mourning these books before I've even finished reading them. <laughs> That's how you know that they're good. <laughs> all right. So we'll now move on to the final part of our podcast. It's the podcast. It's the section that makes everyone quake in fear. It is time for Book Fight. Can I, uh, can I ask who wrote the questions this week? It was a combination of Olivia and myself. Okay. So it's two, so it was, it was a combined effort this okay. time around. Um, which, which this, is, this is material, Ronnie, because uh, there are some members of the content team who write questions I don't know the answer to. And I don't like participating in book fight when I can't win. <laughs> well... Well, uh, it'll be... Oh. I said you have a real advantage because you're in person, so there's no delay. Ah, uh, uh, no, uh, uh, that's going to be your excuse, is it, Joel? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I'm setting, I'm setting up the excuse that when I get Trump, uh, it'll be very clear why. Oh, right. Okay, it's nothing to do with my superior <laughs> intellect. Definitely <laughs> not. Right, as long as we've got that covered. <laughs> Well, uh, on, on that note, let's let's get ready into this. But before I do, uh, I require a buzzer from each one of you so that when you know the answer, you shout this word out very loudly. Joe, what shall your buzzer be? Apples. Apples. I like it. So apples for Joe. <clears throat> um, Joel, what shall yours be? Murderbot. Murderbot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Yes, please. Um, I love you. I'm I'm waiting for you to to to, to muffle that, saying it really loudly when you know the answer to something. Um, Ronnie, what shall uh, what shall your buzzer be? Oh, let's go with the fruit theme. Oranges. Oranges. Yeah. Awesome. I like it. Let's do it. Okay, so let's dust ourselves off and play book fight. Question one, which British author made headlines recently 
for burning new reissued copies of her own books. Apples, apples. Oh, my God. Oh, no, that was, that was <laughs> genuinely Joel. <clears throat> that was Joel. Joel got there first. Joel, can I have the answer? Jeanette Winterson? Yes, it is absolutely correct. Jeanette Winterson was... <laughs> Uh, the, was the murder bot of her own books. I, <laughs> I think it was a massive publicity stunt and very weird. It was, good on her. It was very weird, wasn't it? Um, question two. And uh, considering the conversations we've been having over the, uh, <laughs> this, this podcast, I'm amazed that this has suddenly become extremely relevant. How many authors on the 2021 Miles Franklin long list are debut authors? Oranges. Yep, we have one. Oranges. I'm going to say one. Oh, oh, no, it's no. It's more than one. It is, it is more than one. But oh, no. I couldn't tell you how many exactly, but I know. If you can, we, I'll go with names. I'll go with names if you like. I'll take names. Andrew Pippos. Andrew Pippos is one. And uh, Nardi Simpson. Simpson. Yep. Yep, Nardi yep. Simpson. Yep. Um, I don't know. Oh, uh, you, you both got that at the same time, so I'm going to give you both a point for that. Oh, I wasn't doing it Thank for points. You. I was just doing it because <laughs> I'm a know-it-all. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I heard I heard both you and, and Ronnie say uh, Nardi Simpson at the same time. So that is two. We have Andrew Pippos, uh, Nardi Simpson. There are two more. So was the question how many or was the question how name many, them? <laughs> how many, well, no, the question was how many authors are on the 2021 Miles Franklin long that list are that are debut authors. It, it was meant to be just a number question, but I've ah. turned it into a name it question. Right. Okay, moving goalposts. <laughs> uh, all right, so Robbie Arnott is not. Sophie Laguna no. is not. No. Uh, is, is Laura Jean McKay? Yes, yes. she oh, is. Oh, well done, Laura Joel. Jean McKay is a debut author. That's yeah. Yep, so there it leads one left. <laughs> I don't know. The, um, so you don't know? Joel, do you want to have a go? Mm, is it the our one? No, <laughs> it's not. Wood? No, it's not Daniel Day. Uh, mm. Watts? Yes, it is oh, Madeline well Watts. Oh, well done. Well <laughs> done. <laughs> Although I'm afraid I didn't hear the word oranges. I'll, I'll yeah. <laughs> And seeing as I'm losing, I'm going to just point that out now. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> look. Uh, the the enthusiasm will 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 give her the point. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yes, remember your buzzers. Don't, come on, guys. We are we are a serious. We are a serious, serious, very serious book fight quiz here, and we conduct ourselves in a professional manner. Okay, Nick. <laughs> uh, give me some questions that I know. Okay. <laughs> Question three. How many years has the Emerging Writers Festival been running? Rigged. <laughs> uh, apples. Yes. Two. No. <laughs> it's not two years, the Emerging Writers Festival. It's been much longer than that. Ah. Uh, about. Yep. Six? No, longer. More than that. Yeah. Ronnie, do you want to have yeah, a go? I don't know. Oh, just, yep. oh look, I'm going to say... Oh, well. 18 years. Yep, you'd be right. 18 well years. Well done. Oh, my God. Whoa. <laughs> I was going to say 16 or 18, but no, I went with 18. Yep, 18 years right. is the correct. So, it's, is ca so it's coming It's coming of age, basically. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was, I was going to yeah. make some sort, of, so, some sort of coming of age joke there, but you beat me to it, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> surely, surely now they have to start calling it the Emerged Writers Centre Festival. <laughs> 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 it's the writers that are emerging, not the festival, though, Joel. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, question four. Cooking star and debut author, Nathan Lyons is better known on TikTok as who? Apples. Yes. Cooking with a curry. Yes, cooking with uh, a curry yeah. is oh. the answer. I would have also accepted that's Mad the, Feeds. The guy who cooks with Devin, right? Yes. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Quest, um, question five. Which of these authors, and this is a multiple choice question, is not a past recipient of the Vogel Prize? A, Rowan Wilson. B, Sophie Everett. C, Belinda Castles. <laughs> orange, orange. Yeah. I'm just going to have a go. Oh, who's the second one? Sophie Everett. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, you'd be right. <laughs> oh my god, you're on a you're on a roll. Oh my goodness, yeah, I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, she. <laughs> she... No, you've got to quiet. <laughs> I know because I'm losing. I'm sulking over here. There's no video, but if you could see me, you could see I was. I am actually sulking. <laughs> it's she. Uh, yeah, Sophie Everett didn't win the Vogel Prize, but she did win the Penguin Literary Prize. Is what she won. So. She's still decorated in glory. Uh, so we are now we are now just over the halfway point of this um, of this uh, of, of book fight, and right now it's actually very close. Ronnie is currently leading on four points. Joe is on three, and Joel is on two. How did I do that? I thought I was on no points. No. Oh, okay. I'm not sulking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's what happens. It's what happens. You get you get swept up in uh, in book fire and you and you forget. Oh, I actually answered this many questions. What is question six? Now this one full 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 uh, full full disclosure. This was live. Okay, <laughs> who asked this so question. I might know. I might know the answer to this one. If you do, I'll be so impressed. Oh, okay. Which 18th century Anglo-Irish author is thought to have invented the name Vanessa? Oh, you oh my think? God. Yeah. Uh, I think I might. Apples? Yep. Uh, uh, James uh, Joyce? No, he's, uh, no, he's not later. James Joyce. Yes, he's later. James jo- not James Joyce. Murderbot. Yep. Is it Jonathan Swift? You would be correct. It oh. is Jonathan Swift. Jonathan Swift oh, well in the very done. first of the Murderbot series. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it first appeared in a poem called um, by Swift named Cardi- uh, Cardenas, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Cardenas and Vanessa, about Swift's relationship uh, with a woman named Esther Veromney. Yeah, I think I know this from uh, another trivia night. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't know this from my deep understanding of Jonathan, of Jonathan Swift's body of work, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, claim it because you got the point. You can claim it. Question seven, our penultimate question of book fight. Name the book written by Bruce Pascoe that is described. Apples. Yes. Dark oh, Emu? No, not Dark Emu. Ah. So. Uh, found. <laughs> no, not Found. Uh. Name the book. This is co-written <laughs> by, I love that you've just got, you've gone straight for it anyway. Name the book written by Bruce Pascoe that is described as an essential guidebook. That oh, offers Apples. A new, apples. Loving Country. Lo- <laughs> Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, Ronnie. Joe was on it. Yeah, <laughs> was I just <laughs> was like smashing through it, naming told, every Bruce Pascoe you, book that wasn't now down. <laughs> sorry, Ronnie. <laughs> so, that was savage. My goodness. <laughs> that was, oh, love it. 
So that brings us to our final, final question. And we are actually having a thriller right now. Currently, Ronnie is on four points, Joe is on four points, um, and Joel is on three. For this last question, I am going to suspend the buzzer. So I will, because it is a question basically around how many of something, and I'll just want you to throw out the ones that you know. So the final question, name as many Australian literary journals as you can. Kill Your Darlings. Kill Your Darlings is one. Meangin is one. What was was that other one? (laughs) Did you say Meangin? Yeah, we we have Meangin, Kill Your, and, excuse me, Meangin and Kill Your Darlings. Overland? Overland, Turtle? yes. I, I said Southerly. Southerly, I will also accept Southerly, that is correct. Heat? Heat, yes. Now you're just saying words, oh. Joel. So, oh, there's, there's, a, there's a new one, Indigenous X, actually. Uh, oh, yeah, I saw yes. that. Ooh, yeah. Can I get two points for that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. You guys are leaving me in the dust. Okay, so, yep, I'll take that one as well, Ronnie. So that's one point for you. Um, so currently I've got Overland, Mianjin, Kill Your Darling, Southerly, Heat. Um, the Griffith Review. Griffith Review, oh. yes, I'll take that one as well. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Anyone, any other, any um, other ones there? There are definitely some other ones. Does it have to be like a literary journal? Um, yeah, it can be. A, it can be a literary journal. Oh, I've got a couple of literary review named ones here as well on this list. Uh, um, Do we give up? The, uh, what's the? What, I can't remember. What the, there's the one that the uh, quadrant is that? A yes, it is one. Quadrant is one. Yes, I'll take quadrant. <clears throat> right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, do you have any? Uh, can you come back from that? No, nothing. Sorry. Oh. Um, Joe, do you want to have a crack? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so on the list here, <clears throat> we have uh, we we you got Overland, Meangin, Kill Your Darlings, Quadrant, Griff Review, Southerly, Heat. I would have also accepted the Lifted Brow, oh, Voice yeah. Works, oh. Australian oh. Book Review, Australian Literary Studies Journal, Westerly. Australian Poetry Journal, no, Mascara Literary Review, Ireland Oralis, or the Australian Literary Review. Oralis was one I was thinking of. Yeah. No points well for thinking of, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to get a point. Savage. <laughs> Joe goes on the attack when she's not winning. <laughs> I do not. Uh, well, um, well, that brings us to the end of Book Fight for another week. And look at the scores. Oh, my goodness gracious me. That was a fantastic edition of Book Fight. Joe, you finished with five points. That's respectable. That's very respectable. That's, that's a solid, solid effort. Ronnie, you finished with six. And Joel, you take the win off the back of that last question with eight points. Well done. Eight! Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a... <laughs> what a useless... <laughs> that, you know what that is? That's undergraduate creative writing degree. Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. I, I got published in one, one. Oh. And that was it. <laughs>
and I, I must have sent stories into about 15 of them. So, yeah. Hence why I said Dudley, which I don't think is even an active journal anymore. Uh, <laughs> was that the one that you were published in? Ago. And that was the death knell for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Their readers went, what is this tripe? <laughs> I really, I really get mean when I lose, <laughs> as opposed to the rest of the t- time when I'm sweetness and light. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, look, that's one, that's that's one more than more than I got published in when I was doing undergraduate. So uh, I, I tip my hat to you, Joel. Um, so that will bring us to the end, sadly, of the weekend Booktopian for another week. Thank you to all of my guests for joining us and be to check out, to be sure to check out all of the books we've mentioned today down in the description box. Thanks especially to Ronnie for joining us from the Emerging Writers Festival. Head to emergingwriterswestival.org.au to check out the upcoming events, order tickets and more. Ronnie, we've... We're really, really looking forward to seeing you in that Creative Masterclass on June 22nd. And thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great to have you. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. So for oh, and then get Ronnie's book. Yes, and you can also get, you can, you can also get uh, Ronnie's book as well, uh, Black and Blue, which is published by Scribe Publications. The Weekend Booktopian was produced by myself, Nick Wasiliev, and you can check out hundreds of episodes on our Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud channels, including our recent interview with Campbell Mattinson, the author of We Were Not Men, as well as Victoria Devine, author of She's on the Money. Also be sure to check out Booktopia TV on YouTube, or if you can't get enough of chatting to authors, head over to the Booktopian blog curated by Olivia Frico, where you can read articles that are published every single day, including our thoughts on the Miles Franklin shortlist announcement, which we discussed earlier in the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel, Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at booktopia.com dot au